morning, everyone. It's good to see everyone here. And I'm not going to lie, I, uh, I grew up in an island, so this weather is like home. Everyone's like, everyone's like running, like, oh my goodness, heat advisories. And I'm like sitting outside drinking my coffee, <laughs> literally drinking coffee outside. That was me this morning. So it's good to see everyone here. Uh, first and foremost, I just wanted to, you know, obviously people are traveling this week, so safe travels. Uh, but thanks if it's your first time here. Again, great uh, having you here, worshiping with us. Uh, and it's a pleasure to have you. So Pastor Chris says hi to everyone. Uh, so he uh, is taking a much needed time with his family. Uh, being in ministry, I've learned that that time is far and few between. So I'm glad that he was able to be there. And it's always a privilege for me to stand up here today and share the word. So we just got done with the sermon series. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, our lives here at Marcus Street Church surround and revolve around Jesus. That's what we want to be. That's who we want to be. That's who we want to pursue. So it is of the utmost important for us to not just be Jesus, but learn what Jesus said that we should be, right? He told us not to worry, not to fear, to love all things, no doubting, forgive all the time. We, we had a great five weeks. Uh, and now we're transitioning into a new series, which is exciting because I get to uh, share for the first time. But I, I want us to to really see how unique this transition is. And I'll get more into that as I go. But I wanted to start out with a story. So in October, two weeks after my daughter was born, so that would be like the 25th, was when we transitioned from Minneapolis to here to Michigan. We had been praying for some time after we had graduated college and we were wanting to be around family and we felt that for some reason we were gonna come here and obviously it was God's intuition because look where I am now. Uh, so he, he had a plan, uh, and we were just pursuing different things and praying, and luckily I found a job, and it was great. It was more than what I thought it would be. It was just fantastic in every way. We picked up our bags. My daughter was literally two weeks old, and we moved here, and man, life was just great. It was fantastic. So we lived that season, and there was something that unfortunately I didn't bring into that lifestyle. And I don't know if you guys can relate to me, but when times are good, times are good. And we sometimes forget one thing, and that's God, right? The position that he puts us in, what he has for our lives in the moment that we're in and the area that we're living with the people that we're surrounded. My prayer and devotional life changed a little. I'm not even gonna lie. Uh, well, I can't because I'd be judged by God. <laughs> so I... It was just off. It was different. Um, my, the importance of my time with God changed. Why? Because things were really, really good. It was a great time. Work was good. My baby was healthy. My wife was happy. Amen, brothers. We, it was great. It was a great time in life. Five weeks after I had started the job, and it was four guys that were hired on with me, uh, we had finished our training. I was probably within the top 10 guys in the company for what I was doing in regards to performance, that following week, my job was terminated and the four other guys that were brought in. No reasoning, no understanding, no uh, knowledge of why. You know, I was advised to like get attorneys involved and things like that, but I was so desperate. I was in a time of desperation. I had just had a daughter. I had just moved here. Uh, things just were falling apart uh, second by second. I got home. I'm not a big crier. I am an emotional guy, but I'm not that big of a crier. But man, I really had a tough time understanding what had happened, understanding what the Lord was intending. Why was the big question in my mind. 
it was just a tough season. It's a tough season. So I learned a couple things from that. I learned a couple things. Our lives are a compilation, just a gathering of different seasons and journeys that we're in. These seasons and journeys that we're a part of, sometimes, depending on what happens in each season, we drag things into this next season. Examples, we have seasons that we have difficult times, whether that may be relationships, uh, a job in my case, things like that. Sometimes we transition out of that season, but we take things from that prior season, depression, uh, fear, anxiety. We have a consistent journey that we go through, and in every part of the journey, there's something that we're taking with. Now, my fault at that moment in time was that prayer wasn't something that I brought from my next season into that new season. Now, I'm not saying that prayer would have changed my circumstance. I'm not saying that prayer would have even made me keep my job. I'm not, I, that's not where I'm hinting towards. What I'm hinting towards is we take so many things into the next season, but God, the creator of everything, the one that established our steps, the one that has plans for us that we'll get into as we proceed, he's the one that we need to carry into each season. You guys getting me? He's the one that should be navigating through with us day to day, month to month, children, marriage, relationships, new jobs, transition. He cannot be left behind. Better yet, let's leave behind the fear. Let's leave behind the anxiety, the worry, all of that. So this is what, I, what my conclusion is, my thesis statement, if you could. I'm still learning to navigate this, but what I see about prayer is that prayer is a compass. And that compass leads me to following the commands of Jesus. Now, I said it was interesting that we were in that final, in our last series, and we transitioned to this, because this is, even for me, I was like, well, I don't know, this just seems right, but I, I, I want to show us why. I had an experience where I read this prayer, so I want us all to pray this together. It's something that we all know. Some of us may know by memory, but I'm going to have the, verse, the first verse up on the screen, and I'm going to start us. So let's pray together. Pray this then, he says, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We talked about some specific things in our last series that Jesus called us not to do. And why I think that prayer is that compass, it's because of the bulk of this message. In verse, in verse 11, I mean, he's, he, and I'm going to go backwards and read them uh, uh, with you guys. First, the first one, don't worry. Give us this day our daily bread. Two big ones in our, in our series were don't worry, don't doubt. Jesus is giving the disciples some tangible items. Listen, I told you don't worry and don't doubt, but you need to rely on God. You need to rely on the Father. Give us this day our daily bread. Verse 12, it says, and forgive us all our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Pastor Chris spent some time talking about forgiving always, no matter what happens, no matter what circumstance. Again, I know that I don't understand what we all go through. I know that I don't understand that maybe my circumstances are different. But actually, in verse 14, after the prayer is done, Jesus says, you cannot expect to be forgiven if you don't forgive. Verse 13, 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do not sin. Listen, without a prayer life that we are asking for the strength of the almighty God to help us with these things, to help us follow what Jesus commanded, it's going to be difficult without a compass. It reminds me of another story. So I, I said that I was from an island. I was raised in the Dominican Republic. A lot of folks know this. But I, tra- I transitioned to Minneapolis, and in my first couple years, I was working housekeeping. And my boss then, which I was a sophomore in, in school, Tom Connors, great man. He just knew that I didn't have family, knew that I didn't have people around. So he kind of took me in and just uh, was kind of like a father figure to me, um, even though I had my father, but he was just far away. He took me hunting for the first time. So no idea. I mean, I've seen weapons and things like that before. No idea. So... He says, you know what, let's go camping. It's November, let's go camping and we'll stay outside and we'll hunt. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is what you guys do here. Whatever, let's go. So I went up and literally we were there for two days. And at one point, I was in like a, a middle of a wood. We, we had a tent and we had a setup. And, I was, and I'm looking around and I'm like, where am I? And I'm like looking and I can't find her. I'm like looking at slips and I'm like, for that brief moment, which luckily, praise the Lord, I was able to figure out where I was, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know where I was going to end up, and I didn't know what direction or septic came. I couldn't imagine, again, if I just was like, if I would have walked further on. That's, that's what prayer is in our lives. That, that's what prayer should be. And we, and we considered this ser- sermon series, so we're calling it a request. So requesting maybe our new quest together as we pursue what our prayer life should look like collectively, but also what that looks like for us in our next step in understanding uh, what God is. So I, I just want to start us out with this statement because Jesus, other than giving these commands, which are very much important, and we spent five weeks going on to this, he focused solely on God. And this is what he was saying in three aspects of this prayer. That is what I'm going to get into some deeper detail on. And it's that our prayer quest must revolve around God. And please, I didn't put me in there or I. I didn't put circumstances or different things. Please, our prayer quest must revolve around God. First verse in that, in that, um, in the chapter of the prayer says this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You see, our prayer quest must start with recognizing who God is. I've been fortunate in life. I've been very fortunate. I, um, as I've gotten older, my relationship with my father has changed. He's such a great influence. I speak of him all the time. I feel like anytime that I'm up here, I speak about him. But please recognize and see like what's happening in our culture and around us, the brokenness of families. This is something of the enemy that's pretty strategic. But at the same time, it's something that is amazing that God wants to identify himself as a father to us. And he also gives us detail and even instruction of what that looks like. You don't think so? First John 3, 1. See how great a love the father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God and such we are, he loves us dearly. There's nothing in this world that God himself would not do and prepare for you, child of God. We are together, co-heirs with Christ. You know what that means? We are children of God. Through Jesus Christ, we have access 
that the modern day Jew would have loved to have. We don't need to come up and throw money at our, our priest. I don't even know what, what their process entailed other than reading, but we bypass all of that. And we say, Heavenly Father, my goodness, what a privilege and, ple- and amazing opportunity we have to have God as our Father. I think about what I see around me. I think about the, the lack of, and, and goodness, I'm, I'm not trying to call anyone out, but I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to take that opportunity. Dads out there, we need to continue to step up. We need to continue to step up for our children, for, for, children, for other people's children. We need to step up, and we need to be a father, an example of what God is when we get that opportunity. For those that are doing it great, and sometimes that's where mentorship and discipleship comes in. We need the men of this world to be the father that this world needs, and honestly, a reflection of our father God. That's our reality. Matthew 18, verse 12 says this. What do you think? If any man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does not he leave the 99 on the mountains and go search for the one that is straying? Man, that's, that's so powerful. But that's a father. That's a father's love that no matter what condition or situation you're in currently, as a father, he's going to take a hold of you. If you're the one lost, I, I've, I've heard people say in the past, if there's one soul that has, that has been saved and has accepted Christ, it's like a party in heaven. God loves each one of us, and he wants us for his purpose. The second part of that verse says, if it turns out that he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 which have not gone astray. So is it not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones will perish? He will do anything to save us. He will. Again, I, I think about love and I think about how as a father, I would do anything to sacrifice even of myself for my children. I have two little ones and they left me to go up north, which is okay. <laughs> but I love them. And I called this morning at seven to make sure they slept through the night. And I made sure that they had breakfast and dinner last night. My day-to-day revolves around them and the love that I have for them. How much more, our Heavenly Father, how much more does he love us? And Jesus, again, is telling the disciples, hey, listen, this is where we start. This is your starting point. Recognize God. He's your Father. He is your Father. You're not alone. You're not aimless or directionless. He's your Father. The second part, or the verse right after, I should say, says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For a long time in my life, this has been my thought process to the will, uh, the will of God. I at times thought, well, you know, God is just, he's just watching and I guess things just have to happen. Things just, you know, this world, you know, it just... I'm almost, every time that I say that, I just like instantly shrug. When that's not the reality. I want to take you guys back to the beginning. For understanding the will of God, I want to take you guys back to the beginning. What happened? God created this beautiful, marvelous place for us, Garden of Eden. He put us there. He made us just so meticulously. He took time from the dirt. He just made us so special. He put us in a garden and said, enjoy it all. This is, this is for you. This is for you. Do, don't do this, but this is for you, this beautiful kingdom. Take care of it. Keep it. 
I would consider that if God's will would have been different for our lives or it would have been maybe a shrug or for something that we didn't understand, that beginning would have been way different. Do you guys agree with me? Maybe we would have started in a different way. Maybe what we would have had access to would have been different. His will was that garden, a beautiful, majestic place saved for us. Don't let this world confuse you. Don't let, keep me accountable and don't let it confuse me that the things that are happening around us are part of God's will. That's not our reality. That's not our reality. But what should be our reality is if God's will was that in the beginning, our quest should also be God's quest. That's, that's what it is. He gave us a role. He gave us a beautiful garden. Do this, keep it, and move forward from there. But this is our reality. God's quest should be and is also our quest. A beautiful prophecy that I read and I try to dig in pretty consistently was a prophecy that was given by the prophet Jeremiah. And a lot of us know it and sometimes even think about it in our worldview, but I want us to look at it in a different angle as well. That's Jeremiah, uh, starting in verse 11, chapter 29. It says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Why? Why? Not, not because Pastor Chris said it last week, and you know what? I'm just going to jump on his back and say it. I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm not saying that God's going to give you all the millions. All you just need to do is pray about it. That's not what I'm saying. He has a plan, not a plan that I developed myself. He has steps, not steps that I've just came up with myself. He has a direction, a direction that we are to follow. Second part of that verse says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you as we walk, as we walk in his plan, as we pursue his plan. Listen, I'm not the wisest man in the world, but there was someone that was called the wisest man in the world. And his name is Solomon. And he, he said two things in two different Proverbs, which I love. Chapter 16, verse 9, the, man, the mind of, the, of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. In my most difficult times that I've had in my life, I've relied on this mind. I've relied on this heart, emotion, trying to figure out what to do next and where to go. It wasn't until I got on my knees and said, Lord, I need to surrender everything. It wasn't until then that I realized, listen, my mind isn't going to get me anywhere. It's the steps of the Lord that get me to where I want to go. Why? Because his will is what's going to be done. His kingdom is what's going to come. The mind of man plans his, his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Look at this next one, Proverbs 20, 24. The man's steps are ordained by the Lord. How then can man understand his way? <sighs> That's tough for those, that, uh, for those like myself that back in the day thought I knew it all. <laughs> man's steps are ordained by the Lord. How then can man understand his, oh, his own way? There's no, there isn't a way. That's why Jesus was telling the disciples, hey, pray for his will. Pray for his kingdom to come. Pray for his will to be done in your lives. Why? Because your steps are going to be ordained by the Lord. And if you want to get to where you need to go and you're transitioning from season to season, if you don't bring him with, then you're going to get lost. As I many times have gotten lost in my journey. The last thing, which is, again, even equally as powerful and impactful uh, for me is what he says last before he closes a prayer. And he says this, 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then he goes into the final portion, which is yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. A lot of times in my life, I've glorified my own self. I've, I've, I've thought that my own accomplishments and my own efforts and my own strength have gotten me to where I've been. Jesus is amazing at recognizing God as all-powerful, as, as everything in, in life. He just does an amazing way of saying, God, everything is yours. Disciples, he's going to give you your daily bread. He's going he's gonna to keep you. He's going to be with you. He's going to walk with you. But you know what? Because his kingdom, it's his kingdom, and he's all-powerful, and to him all glory, and that's forever. What this tells me is this. Our prayer quest, it must specifically be solely upon the Lord. And we must recognize God in every part of our quest. That's, that's, our, that's the, that final point. We need to continue and consistently recognize him in every part of our way. Why? Because he's given us the steps. He gives us the ability to proceed, to move forward. He gives us, again, opportunity. He gives us everything. As from the beginning, he, he, gave, us, he gave us all. Same way in our lives and the journeys and in the season that we, that we face. Again, they might be good. They, they, some may be difficult. But in every season, we must recognize them because the world is his. The kingdom is his. The glory is his. Today, you know, I, I stand here and I think about my, my life as a whole and how without God showing up in multiple different places in my life, how I would have taken a lot of different turns that would have led me somewhere that I can't even fathom now. I talk about this a lot just because my life is a testimony. I mean, it, it truly is. You know, my background is one of family that have done, you know, terrible things. And I think of myself, what would have I, what would have I you know, joined in the family, you know, business, which was uh, plenty of illegal things. What if I would have decided not to come here and meet my wife and have my family? What if I would have decided and said, you know what, honey, I don't know if we should go to Michigan. We shouldn't pray about it. We should stay where we are because it's good. I think about every season and every part of my journey. I've gotten lost multiple times. But if I have not, would have come back to the Father, the one who loves me, the one that created me, the one that has his perfect established will for my life, I just would have been lost. I would have been in the woods still trying to find my way back to that camp uh, when I went on that hunting trip, truly. And, I, and some of us, some of us, collectively, that's where we are in life. We're in a situation, in a position where we don't know what our next step is. We don't know where to go. We don't know what God is doing. And sometimes it's even hard for us to acknowledge and recognize what that will be. Well, that's why our quest now needs to start collectively and at the same time personally, surrendering our lives to Christ completely. That's, that's where we start. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to continue to talk about prayer and what that looks like for us as a church, but realize like how Jesus consistently said, us, give us our daily bread, deliver us. Man, that's something, that means something for us collectively as a group as well. That means something collectively as a group as well. So this is what I want to do. Because I wanted, my goal today was to, because uh, Pastor Chris in his last sermon was apologizing for being so late, my goal was to let you guys out early. <laughs> I want to pray, and I want us 
this week, especially as we travel and we do different things, I want us to start a new quest. I want us to see our prayer life, and I want us to look through uh, this teaching that Jesus had and how we can focus on who God is in our lives and give him that place. Let his will be done in our lives. Give him the glory for everything. Consider him as Father and holy. And as we take this quest together, let's pray. Let, we'll continue to pray that the Lord gives us direction so that we can continue to pray for people. There's so much. And sorry, now I'm like <laughs> continuing on. But there's so much prayer that's needed in this world. So many people that, that need to feel the spirit the way that we've been given it to. We've been given just such a, uh, uh, a great gift after Jesus ascended to be given the spirit. There's people that need that. There's people that need that relationship. There's people that need that relationship, and without communication, without having that communication with God, with the Spirit, it's just going to be tough to be able to present that to the people that God has called us to. Amen? So pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for who you are, uh, what you do in our lives. We recognize you as holy. Uh, we recognize you as our Father. Lord, uh, you're the, the most amazing Father, uh, God. You give us gifts for this world. You give us uh, talents. You give us abilities. You, you created something for us, Lord, from the beginning. We recognize that it was for your glory, and we recognize that it was a gift uh, that you were giving to us, Lord. So we recognize you just as, as our great Heavenly Father. And I just pray for our congregation now as we collectively together take this journey, uh, Lord, as we uh, take a new quest on how we pray together and how we, we pursue you. We just pray that we keep you in the forefront, Lord, that no matter what season we're in right now, that we can bring prayer back into the season so that we can continue our journey, Lord. And as seasons develop and as we, we go from uh, time to different time, to, Lord, that we would have you in the forefront so that your will would be done in our lives, so that your kingdom would come and reign in our lives and the lives of our families, Lord, and in the place that we work with, with our family members, that you, would, that you would reign, that your kingdom come and your will would be done. And we're going to give you the glory, God. We are going to give you the glory because you deserve it as creator of this world and for, and for loving us uh, to no end. So we thank you. I just pray a blessing over uh, my brothers and sisters here for those that may be traveling and doing different things. I just We thank you, God, uh, for all that you do. And we pray these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Take care.